Voice of the K. The Voice of the K. The Voice of the K. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by Naima Bauer Mohammed, who is a speech and language therapist. Now, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin uh, had to leave, unfortunately, but uh, Doctor will be back in the studio with us next week on the Education in Daba program. Now, we're inviting our listeners to send us some questions, if you have any, for our speech and language therapist. And obviously, also, we have our occupational therapist. Uh, Yasira Adonis in studio with us You can send us your comment or question To the SMS line which is The number 47913 The SMS line 47913 Or you can give us a call in the studio On the number 021-442-3530 Now uh, Yasira let me hand over to you And ask you know where do we continue Or start our discussion with Naima Shukran I think you know we were talking about How to identify hearing loss We are talking about you know if you look at a child in the classroom What are the indicators um, what, are, what are the symptomology that we are seeing um, Especially in a classroom environment But I think for the listeners We need to understand what is a hearing impairment What is hearing loss The two are different And I think on that basis you know It would be easier to apply those kinds kinds of little tips that Naima gave and doctor gave into you know which way do we go with this child so you know Naima I know we get different types of hearing loss but what are the most common ones that we would find with children in a mainstream school before we even move on to your Witteboomer and and those kinds of schools what are the main types of hearing impairments and loss that we see for children um, in your normal kind of mainstream school Okay, so let me just start by saying with hearing loss, it is more an audiologist's job than a speech language therapist. But we definitely will look at hearing and when we do our assessments, it's one of the areas that we screen. Um, and those criteria that I gave you earlier, the six criteria, yeah. if anybody, if a teacher is looking at those criteria, if they answer yes to two or more of those, then definitely they should be referring. Um, just looking at hearing loss, they, as you said, it's a range. So it's from a mild hearing loss where um, they look at, we look at what they call 20 decibels as normal hearing. Yeah. So if a child is just above that, over that, then it would be a mild hearing loss. And the worse the hearing loss goes, the higher that number gets. So it's one of those cases where you don't want a high number. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's a hearing screening that the audiologist would usually do. Um, we'll also look at, and a speech and language therapist can do that if they are, have the tools. They just look into the ear and they look for things like wax buildup. Are there any holes in the hearing um, membrane, in your tympanic membrane? Um, is there uh, bulging in the uh, in the tympanic membrane or anything mm-hmm. like that? Or okay, puncture? Yeah, just for my, for my own sake quickly, uh, let's go back and, and, and just cover this whole issue around... Uh, when we spoke about, um, you know, hearing loss, Naima, uh, you said that, you know, sometimes when we identified, you spoke about family, you spoke about an ear infection, uh, you spoke about the fact that sometimes these learners speak loudly. Um, what are, are those indicators, for example, uh, where we would then almost kind of identify that the child presents with a bit of hearing loss? Definitely. So there are six things that a te- especially a teacher can look for in the class because we want something quick that they can just mm. screen. So it would be your history of um, 
family hearing loss, a history of ear infections, if the child already has a syndrome that you know of. Mm. So, for example, your fetal alcohol syndrome, Down syndrome also. There's lots of hearing impairment with Mm -hmm. that. Um, Whether the child responds when you call them, um, if the child has suffered from TB or from meningitis. And then the last one is if they speak loudly. And if the teacher can answer two or yes to two or more of those, then they need to refer either to an audiologist or an ENT. Okay, now let's say the child has been referred to an audiologist or an ENT. And as you said, 20 decibels would be normal. If it's above that, then there there, there seems to be a bit of a problem. So let's say it is a bit higher than that. How does the speech or the speech and language therapy, what do you then do? Well, it depends if it's impacting on the speech and language, Mm. whether they come to a speech and language therapist or not. Um, Sometimes they just need management by an audiologist and that's enough. And then they'll see if they need things like either um, hearing aids put in, sometimes a cochlear implant Mm. might be needed, those kinds of things. Now, what is the grommet thing? The grommet is what an ENT would put in. Mm. So it's a little pipe, a draining pipe that they'll put in for the water the liquid to drain mm. okay but i mean if you put that in does it mean that you can then hear like almost like normal so it, you shouldn't have any problem in class it would improve but the child if the child still has ear infections if that was the cause for the grommets mm. and they still have ear infections there'll still be blockage and the hearing will still be affected okay yes yeah, maybe just a comment from your side well that was what i was going to say ridwan i think um you know people are thinking okay when they go for a grommet it's the same like a shunt when i have hydrocephalus mm. um and, you know, it drains the fluid, so mm. the, the pressure is less. And the same would happen with your grommet, you know, it drains the fluid, so um, it, uh, there's less infections, less balled up. Children are able to hear more appropriately and more properly to how we sound words. And I think that's where Naima comes in. And how do they link together? And my phonics and then, and how do mm. I make sense of it? Because... Effectively, we know language development is um, directly proportional to my intellect and how I think and my cognitive development. And, and we know this. And, and that is why we're saying to the speech and language therapist, you know, please help us. Because even though I try and build perceptual skills, if the mm-hmm. child can interpret and hear and know what I'm saying, that then falls to the ground. And then it's very important. And I think at Wittebuma, you know, they have the speech and languages therapist there. And I go in as an occupational therapist. So she will tell me, look, these are the areas of concern. This is what the child is sitting with. How do we assist? So now I need to look at what are the precursors for that child needed to build in order to get to where we want the child to be sounding and understanding. And um, they sign a. Eh? Yes, uh, yeah, basically. and signing the words back. Um, we'll get into that with the audiologists okay, around I'm all those other a, things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm hoping you've noticed that I have this strained look on I'm my thinking, face. I'm thinking, Ridwan, maybe. It's not a strained look that I cannot hear, but I think it's more a strained look that I almost kind of don't really necessarily do you understand. Have a, do you have a syndrome? And I'm, I'm hoping that our <laughs> listeners actually understand exactly what you are trying, what, you, what you're trying to say. I mean, uh, you know, I know it's not easy uh, with a certain language that you're using and all of those things, but I know the terminology is needed to actually be there ultimately mm-hmm. was not at mm-hmm. the end of the day again i appeal to our listeners if you would like to participate in the program i have a speech and language therapist naima bawa muhammad in studio as well as yashira donor's occupational therapist do send us your questions to the sms line 47913 now i have an sms here from 6516 i'm going to acknowledge i've heard about the oasis private schooling are there any information regarding this wassalam i'm acknowledging that and we will see if we can get back to our listeners 
to honor that particular SMS. Then there's another SMS that says, Assalamu alaikum. I would like to know if anybody know of any private schooling. My son is learning hifs and I would like him to do part-time schooling. Now again, shukran to our listeners for their participation to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Uh, we will certainly see how we can assist uh, that particular listener. Now let's go back to Naima, our Bawa Muhammad, our speech and language therapist. Um, I just need to know, is it then, uh, I know we spoke about the whole thing about six years old, for example, I think there was a listener that said something about the R. Would it be a problem? You said no up until the age of six. Normally they're not in a position to say that. But let's say, for example, uh, from the age of six onwards now, the child now cannot say the R. Or I think doctor said uh, some of the T sound is silent. And how do you then assist the learner in that regard? Maybe I should go through what a speech and language therapist is. Maybe then okay. we can look at the scope of practice Fine. and um, then we can go from the red one. Not a problem. Okay. So as, it's, as I say, speech and language therapist, we cover speech, which looks at the single sounds, which would then be like your R, S, T, all the single sounds that you make. And if there is a deficit there and according to the age. Mm -hmm. We also look under speech at how they put those sounds together. Mm. So the phonology of language. So doctor was talking about hospital, which would be then with the motor planning section of speech. So we oh, you see, no, we actually motor planning. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I don't you know about you, my mind went to a car. <laughs> That's what we call practice. Yes. She, yeah, we would call it practice. So I plan the mot the, the action is a motor action. So I'm going to have to do it doing thing. It's verb, right? But how do my how does my brain conceptualize what I'm going to do and then follow through with the action? Yeah. Practice motor planning. So I plan it, and then and the motor part is in my case would be the speech muscles would then um, execute the movement. Okay. So like with hospital, which the uh, Hopital, or yeah, I'm not yeah, sure what yeah, the, yeah. the example was that doctor used. They switch the syllables around because their motor planning isn't correct. Mm. Okay. So no, not your car. Okay, not a problem. <laughs> the motor mouth, not the motor car. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I think we've got a caller on the line. Um, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Ridwan, I've spoken to you now about a few weeks ago about the tracksuit. Now, the, uh, 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 I still didn't get a return call from the vice principal or the principal, but the receptionist told me that, um, you know, they discussed this, I suppose, and it was said that no tracksuits are allowed. You know, we uh, uh, mostly want uh, uh, the school color tracksuit for winter. Of course, you get off the school children, we're going to walk very far to school. And um, winter is very cold. It's much colder now. Now the teachers and principals just get in their cars and drive off, whereas all the children got to walk. Mm -hmm. Now, um, well, I mean, whose duty is it to order the, tra the uh, school uniform? Okay, can um, I can I ask Auntie Marv? Can I ask uh, the listeners just to give your details to our technician, uh, Buta Ishmael, uh, and then after the program, Inshallah, I'll give uh, uh, I'll give Auntie a call. Is that fine? Yeah, okay, Inshallah. but not on AI. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, shukran jazilan to our listener for... Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Okay, shukran for that uh, caller there again. You, you can call us, but we have in studio with us Naima Bawa Muhammad, a speech and language therapist, if you have any questions for her, as well as Yasira Adonis, occupational therapist. Our number is 021-442-3530. Or you can send us an SMS to the number 47. 913. Uh, Naima, now you were saying about uh, the motor plan. 
Yes, we were looking at um, the different areas of speech, that is speech and language therapists would look at. So it would also be then things like stuttering. <coughs> Mm, um, mm, that would fall point. under our scope of practice. Voice disorders. So if a child has very hypernasal speech, yeah. that sounds like they're speaking through their nose, or very hoarse speech, so mm. they sound like they smoke a lot, then um, a speech therapist could get involved. Um, the other area would be then our language. And when we look at language, we're looking at both the understanding of language and then also mm. how they express language. Okay, let's stop with the whole issue around understanding and expressing language. I'm just making a note of that. We're going to stop with yeah. understanding and expressing language. Now, there's an SMS here. In fact, there's two. The first one is comes from 9248. Assalamu my son, my son, I think, 14 years old, 14 years old, started high school, and now I've been told he needs to be assessed. Apparently, he cannot keep up with his work, and as in completing due to the time being too short. But he knows all his work, even a top student in mathematics. His handwriting is very bad. That makes him slow, but he knows his work. Kindly advise. Okay. Either Yasira or Naima. <coughs> Shukran, Lidwan. I think what you must understand is that, you know, a lot of children have this, um, you know, anxiety and, and phobia around when they are at school, things take a bit longer than they should. Um, the anxiety causes children to um, delay in some sorts. They need to get their thoughts together before, you know, they put the answers on paper. The assessment done at the age of 14 would be by an educational psychologist looking at, you know, what is the expectation within the academic sphere? Where are the areas of what, what is the barrier to learning and the barrier to functioning optimally within the classroom and then obviously have some kind of intervention and treatment along with that. If you're looking at the language, then it would be Naima. Um, a lot of children can verbally tell you something, yeah. but they cannot put it down on paper. And that you see a lot of children in the foundation phase. Orally, they're okay. I can tell you the whole story. Mm -hmm. And then the moment you ask them to either draw it or put it down, somehow it seems as if there's a disconnect. And, and she will go further. Um, and she would branch further into that. But for the 14-year-old, um, we will give Dr. Lalkin's details. You know, either at the end of the show, um, best make contact with Dr. Lalkin. Um, if you're looking at all the external factors that go with the 14-year-old and the new situational environment at high school, that also needs to be addressed. Also, they are very they are pubescent now, which comes with its own kind of interventions needed around coping and coping mechanisms within that sphere. Okay, shukran for that, Yasira. And then there's another SMS from 0622, and it says, Assalamu alaikum. My grandson is two and a half years old and only says six words. He went for a hearing test, and that is fine. So is speech therapy <coughs> the only way forward? Shukran. Uh, Naima? Um, definitely, I would say if he's two and a half and only is saying six words, uh, speech therapy would definitely be recommended. Um, an assessment just to see what the language, other language is that he might be using. Mm. He might be pointing, he might be using other ways to communicate that um, other than just verbal words. And we want to see if that's also happening. And then we come back to that understanding, how much easy understanding mm -hmm. instead of just saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, just a reminder to our listeners, if you would like to make contact then with Naima Bawa Muhammad, who is a speech and language therapist, uh, you can contact her on 083-244-4222. Or well, let me say it again, 083-244-4222. Mm. The number again, 083 Two triple four 
or you can send an email to nbmsalt, that's one word, nbmsalt, S-A-L-T, nbmsalt at gmail.com. So, you are, now how many words then would a normal two and a half year old, should they be able to say, Naima? Well, single words um, between 12 and 18 months, you'd think they should be t- saying single words. Between 18 and 24 months, they should be joining words no, already. Mm-hmm. So they should be saying things like mama go, dada ball, mm. things oh, so they like be, that. Okay. They should already be joining. Six words is definitely too little for a two and a half. Okay, shukran for that. And shukran once again to our listeners for your participation. Do send us your questions. We have our uh, speech and language therapist, Naima Bawa Muhammad, in studio with us as well as Yashira Adonis Occupational mm. Therapist you can send us your SMS to the number 47913 Yashira? Yes Shukran Ridwan I just wanted to ask Naima you know just to maybe elaborate and comment a bit more on the fact that they can orally and verbally you know um, express themselves um, with language and, and be very articulate in that sense but then that expressive language you know cannot be a physical action or they struggle in the sense where they need to put it down on paper how can parents and educators um, you know assist in situations like that because it's quite quite common with our little ones it is definitely common and when we look at learners we look at different kinds of learning so some of them are visual learners and some of them are auditory learners Um, and that comes into play with the output as well so for some of them you might need to have visual cues what we call visual cues just to help them to express what they want to say to give them a cue to give them examples just to give them that little nudge Mm -hmm. just to help them Um, Okay, can I just uh, interrupt the uh, therapist? We've got a caller online. Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear me? Yes, you can speak uh, the question. Okay. Um, I've got a little one, right? She's very tall. She's in English right now. Um, I've noticed that at times she will come closer to me, more than left side, right? And she always asks me, like, what do you say? I can't hear what you say, mommy. I'm supposed to school they don't seem to pick up anything. According to them, I've taken it to the local clinics and they've tested it here and not really a proper test to my um, to my opinion. But um, the problem keeps on going on. She speaks louder than normal and when I, when I call her at a certain volume, she also responds to me like, what do you say? I'm not sure. Could this be that perhaps she's concentrating too much on one thing and she cannot respond to me or hear me, I am really not sure to go anymore. Okay, shukran to the caller. You can either stay online or you can listen uh, to us on air. I'm going to ask Naima Bawa Muhammad, our speech and language therapist, just to give a quick response. Naima? Okay, shukran to you. Um, What we'd like to do, you said she had... Um, Do we still have the call online? online? Yes. Okay. Okay. What kind of hearing assessment has she had? Just a screening or an in-depth assessment? Um, I I was referred by the clinic to ask the principal of the school or the teacher to just do certain hearing assessments like calling her name or or doing um, having objects and you know see how well she responds to these objects of sounds and they say it seems to be okay. But when I perhaps call her or I have a conversation with her, she'll always tell me, Mommy, I can't hear you speak louder because she can communicate back to me. Definitely. Mm. I always, I tell my parents, if they have a gut feel that something is wrong, rather go and check it out. For her to then be a visit either to an audiologist or an ENT, Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you're concerned about the hearing, an audiologist would be your first step, and they will do um, an in-depth hearing assessment. Okay, so I will, I will just be able to go in there and ask for an assessment without any referral letters? Or um, it would be better if she had a referral letter either from a GP okay. um, or if your teacher has some concerns from the teacher, mm-hmm. um, okay. but definitely from a GP, and she okay. would need an appointment for that. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by speech and language therapist Naima Bawa Muhammad. As we said earlier on, she is currently in private practice and also started rendering a service at a special care center for children with autism spectrum disorder in the Mitchell's Plain area. And this will start next week uh, for two days per week. Uh, she has previously been employed by the Western Cape Education Department from 2005 until March this year, working within at an Elson school and as uh, a member of the specialist IE teams. If you would like to make contact with Naima, you can contact her on the number 083-244-222. The number again, 083 083- to triple four triple two. Now, if we go back to our discussion, you, we spoke about understanding and experiencing or expressing language. Okay, I think we've got another. It's the first time I have, I'm having so many callers. Uh, we've got a call online. Assalamu alaikum. We've got a call. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, how are you, Auntie? Alhamdulillah, I was with you on the line now for Naima. Okay. Uh, you can speak to Naima. Okay. Assalamu alaikum, Naima. How are you? I'm well, thanks, and you? Very well, thanks. And Naima, what I wanted to know is, we have seen uh, uh, my friend's daughter, son. He's nine, and we have taken him to a doctor. And um, he's got a mind, he's nine years old, but he's got a, a, a mind of a five-year-old child. Yes. And uh, it takes him a, a, a while to get sa- get the words out out to speak if when he wants to speak. And we finding it so difficult because uh, we, the schools we've been to, all is saying that you know you, you can't get him in this time. So that means the child will be another year at home. So what would you suggest? Has the child had a speech and language assessment? I, I, I doubt that you had that. So that would definitely be the first step, just to see where the lacks are, where um, his strengths are, and then that would also influence where the, his schooling should go to. And, and, and uh, you do have, do you have private classes at your home or something perhaps? I have a private practice that I run on a Saturday and then I'm looking to expand to during the week as well. Oh, inshallah. inshallah. And then, um, do you mind handing me your number? Then uh, we could call and uh, respond back to you. 
telephone. Yes, inshallah, to that caller, the number for Naima Bawa Muhammad is 083-244-222. The number again, 084. Yes, 083-244-222. Yes, shukran uh, Jazidan for the call. Yes. Is it Naima Bawa or Naima? It's Naima Bawa Muhammad. Uh, um, so, Mrs. Mohammed, uh, I can keep in contact with you telephonically. Mm, definitely. And um, is, it, is it the best time during the day or in the evening? Um, you can WhatsApp me also. That's also a good way to keep in touch. Um, during the day, depending whether I'm in session or not, I can answer. Oh, so you don't mind? No, I don't. Do you mind if I fly down every day? <laughs> no, Auntie so Fatima, much. you can fly down every day. Shukran so much for that, Naima. I really appreciate it. Oh, okay, very big shukran there to our caller. And we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Okay, wa alaikum assalam. We've got another caller on the line. Assalamu alaikum. Okay, now that other caller dropped the line. Okay, we, uh, Naima, so let's go back to the whole issue around understanding and I don't know if it's expressing or experiencing language. Is expressing language. It's expressing. So when we okay. look at language, those are the two areas that we look at. We look at how much a child can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's what's going in. And then we look at expressing what's coming out. And that doesn't mean it has to be with words. Lots of children communicate either using pictures or signs or anything else. Okay, so it seems that we're at off once again. No it seems we have a call on the line. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. I'm on air. Yes, you are on air. You can yes, speak to Naima um, Baba Muhammad. Shukran salam. I'd just like to find out, uh, my son is seven years old, and he's got grammar in now for about three, four years. He had it replaced, uh, we put it in twice already, and he does get quite a bit of ear infections ever since. And um, he's doing pretty well in school. Um, there's no complaint from his teachers, but I'm just concerned um, because of the ear infections that when he gets it, the doctor says I don't need to take him to his ENT specialist now. Should I worry or is it something that I should just leave? Because there is times when he, when he speaks, it's like he, um, he's not pronouncing some words properly and it doesn't sound like, I know my son and it just doesn't sound like normal. It sounds almost like he's got his tongue is like thick yeah. and um, he speaks a bit louder than usual. So I just thought maybe should I be concerned or should I just leave it as is? Definitely, if he's having recurrent um, ear infections still, and if his grommets have come out and they've replaced it, definitely go back to the ENT for regular checkups. Also, has he been for a hearing test? Um, that's that's the thing. I want to get him to his ENT, but his doctor is saying that there's no need for it. It's not necessary. He's quite fine because the grommets are still in place. So I'm not sure how or what I should do to get him to get to the ENT. Should I just? You can just give him a call if he is with an ENT. Um, if you okay. do want to take him for a hearing test, then an audiologist would be the okay. route to go. Okay. All right. Shukran so much. Have eh? one. Okay. Salam. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Very shukran there to that particular caller. We're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. And if you heard that sound, that is only Yasira. Uh, but as always, it's nice to see a smile on Yasira's face this evening. And she and Naima Bawa Muhammad, our speech and language therapist, seems to be having a ball of a time. And I see Buta Ishmael, our technician, also even putting a smile that side. Just a reminder to our listeners, you can still participate in the program um, by sending us your SMS to the number 47. 47- 
0614-549-913. Now, we are speaking to Naima Bao Mohammed, who is a speech and language therapist. And if you would like to make contact with her, you can contact her on the number 083-244-222. The number again, 083-244-222. Now, Naima, let's go back. We've got a few minutes in within which to wrap up uh, before we start uh, with our next segment. Um, understanding and expressing language. I understood from what you were saying is that when someone says something to me, um, I interpret, I, I, I hear what the person is saying, yes. I then interpret what the person is saying, and then I have to give it back. And that is the motor plan. Is that correct? That's part of it. Oh, is that That's part, part of the motor of, plan? What's the rest of the motor plan? plan? <laughs> Your brain has to come in somewhere there. So the person needs to interpret the message first. Okay. So if they're not understanding the message, they're not going to be able to get anything out. Mm-hmm. So that's why when we look at it, we're talking about looking at both the understanding and the Okay, expression. but the brain can also only interpret what ye, what it's hearing, basically. So if yes. the brain is hearing half of what is being said, or not the R then, or the T or the ever, then you're then, getting half the message. Then you're giving, getting half the message. Yeah. The brain interprets that half and then sends out whatever is left of it. Well done, yes. Okay, right. So you can continue now? Okay, No, she's going, that was spot on. Um, maybe I can just... You know, come in here just before you answer. Also, what we must understand is that there's a difference between auditory processing disorder and then just auditory processing as it stands, where the Mm. child is saying, look, all that information is coming in. I can only process this much at a time. So I'm Mm. going to lose the rest of the message or the conversation or whatever was said to me, and I'm only going to process this much. Can you maybe just, you know, explain what happens to a child in that situation before we can actually get to the to the motor planning part okay so like you say many factors are coming in there so if a child is for example ADHD we know already that they're going to miss half the the message um, and that's going to affect Why? how much because of the attention they're not paying it they're not paying enough attention okay so the AD, ADD or the ADHD child will miss because you're not paying attention They're to what paying the attention. person or the teacher is actually saying. Definitely. Not necessarily because of the hearing. Mm-mm. No. But no. And if it has a hearing problem, it becomes actually even worse. Then it becomes worse. Then oh, you yeah, have yeah, lots yeah. of different factors that you need to take into account. Okay, shukran. So that's why it makes it so complicated when we mm-hmm. assess this, uh, a particular child. Mm-hmm. Because um, Yasira looks at so many different factors. I have to look at so many different factors. And especially when there's more than one difficulty, definitely, definitely mm. one, more than one barrier to learning that mm. this child has, then there are lots of complications that could be. Okay, I see Yasira mm. wanting to say something, but before she does, oh, no, we'll continue with Naima Bawa Mohammed, our language and speech and language therapist. I want to say that our producer, Zarina, just sent me a message now to say uh, that when she spoke to you telephonically, you sounded quite, you, were, you said you were kind of nervous, <laughs> nervous, Ma, but it doesn't sound like you are and in fact no, she's uh, she's <laughs> now saying to me I must commit on air to have you back here with us next week um, so let's inshallah. get the, the commitment on air inshallah I mean I will I mean, be back okay, next week okay so let's continue now what then happens when the with the expressing of the language okay so this is where your motor planning comes in mm-hmm. so your brain has now interpreted the message and it talks to all your muscles your speech muscles so this would be your tongue your lips, your cheeks, all of those need mm. to now plan together to get the message out. Okay. So if you have <coughs> trouble with that part, with your motor planning or with your muscles, you're going to have difficulty expressing, getting your message out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be your expression of language. 
Okay, now let's say a child has a problem with that. Now, with my tongue, my jaw, my muscles, and all of these things, how does a speech therapist then help? We would then work on oral motor exercises. Okay. So things like blowing activities. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum. Bubblegum works really for, good, so, yeah. yes, for some children. I was actually yeah. making a joke, but it's, is it real? No, no yeah, it's real. You're working your muscles, things like blowing bubbles, mm. um, drinking yogurt through a straw because it's, it's just thick difficult. and it will ah. work on your muscles. Okay. Lots of different things, but your speech therapist will then tailor it for the child. Because if it's tongue problem, you'll do something different for whether it's a cheek, the, uh, mm. cheek weak cheek muscles mm-hmm. or so. Okay, so you do an assessment first, you then find out where the child has a weakness, whether it's the tongue, whether it's the muscles in the cheek or or the lips, whatever the case is, and then you prepare a plan for the child, uh, which the child then has to exercise. Definitely. Okay, and what role do parents play in this particular process? With any kind of therapy, the parents play a huge role because there has to be carryover in all situations. So I know in my practice, I speak to the teacher, I speak to all the other role players if there are other therapists involved. And then the parents get homework that they have to commit to. Okay. Because if the child isn't practicing at home and doing everything else at home, my half an hour to an hour that I'm seeing them isn't going to make much of an impact. Okay. Now, one of the questions that I have, and I know the Asira, for example, has said this on many times, sometimes you identify the the barrier too late, for example, and then it becomes a bit of a challenge. Now, would the same apply to you when it comes to speech and language therapy? Would it be necessarily to say that, you know, the quicker the child is being, not the child, the, <coughs> there's, a, there's an... Um, it's identified that there is a language or speech problem that the child needs to see a therapist as quickly as possible. Definitely, it's what we call early childhood intervention. So the earlier you identify the problem, the earlier you can work on a solution and a way to remediate the problem. So definitely, and that's why I keep saying parents, especially moms, have this gut feeling mm. and then doctors say, wait, 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 or they're told by somebody else to wait. Go with your gut feeling. Rather, mm. let somebody tell you that there's nothing wrong, then worry that there might be something wrong. Okay, I like that. Yes, I mean, if, if, if as a mother, as a parent, you have this gut feeling that you feel that something is wrong, uh, you know, then immediately do something about it. Yes, uh, just a comment from your side. Shukran, Ridwan, I think, you know, it's very important. And if you're looking at, you know, ex- um, exercises for your bassinator and your masseter, you know, it's very, it's very simple things that can be done, you know, at home. We can use one of those straws that you buy you get the crusher with um, and then mommy can put out you know sounds and they must actually pick up with the straw the eh or the b and yeah. so on and so we work on that masseter and that bassinator to get it stronger because oral motor control is really important because my tongue and my cheeks and my lips aren't making the right movements the sounds will come Definitely. out very weirdly and what I say, and we call it um, auditory verbal feedback, that's what I'm going to hear and that's what I'm going mm-hmm. to learn and that's what my language development is going to be based on. So, you know, two parents, um, Naima is available, um, take this opportunity, you know, if something is saying these things aren't, you know, meshing together, somehow there is a disconnect, you know, make contact with Naima because language is so important for the child to function optimally to understand, express himself within the classroom environment. Okay, shukran for that. Yes, we've got another call on the line. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, you people. Shukran for being in our houses. Alhamdulillah. And you are out in the cold. May Allah reward you. <laughs> I mean, inshallah. Um, I just want to ask a speech therapist. We have twins. They're going to be four years old in September, inshallah. Amen. But 
um, sometimes really make out what they are saying. But um, is it that they, they develop on their own pace or is it that we need to get help for them at the moment before they go to school or crash or whatever because they're not at the school yet? Okay, uh. what kinds of things do they have difficulty saying? Is um, the um, the S and the R, and but um, they speak. Um, you must really. Um, how can I now say you? They you must really um, ask them to repeat and repeat, so that you can make out. Suppose sometimes I'm the grade body and I ask them, "Mommy, what are they saying?" Okay. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. If other people are struggling to understand them, I would say yeah. they need they would need an, a speech and language assessment just to see what their difficulties are. Mm-hmm. And also, when we look at risk factors, being twins is or is usually looked at as a risk factor. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yes. Okay, because um, I've spoken to somebody in the medical field, and they said, no, you mustn't worry because they were premature babies. They develop on their own little, but uh, I feel I'm also with children during the day um, at the school. I also feel that um, I think they need some extra lessons or help or whatever. And do you think it's good to put them in a in a crash or a play center where they can re, um, interact with other children? Because Definitely. at the moment they are very, um, they won't share, they won't, you know, things like that. Definitely, definitely. A creche or a play center nowadays isn't the way um, we used to think of mm. being at a creche. It's actually become so important for a child's development because they work on all those things like your social skills with other children, okay. how to communicate with other children, how to communicate with adults in their environment. Um, and they actually do lots of basic skills mm. now at creche okay. that they would need. So definitely. Okay, because we had a fight last week, the two of us, the, the two, because, you know, they don't want to wait when you give them something. They want to shout and have that. So I just <coughs> took the little one and put him outside, go cry outside because I've, I do know what got too much for me. So I don't know if I did the right thing or whatever, but then the other one started crying. I think what we must also remember is that when children do have difficulties with communication and language, very often if they can't get their message across, they're okay. going to have different kinds of behaviors mm. that come out because okay. they're not having their message understood. Good. So the behavior might not be because he's naughty. It might be okay. because you he can't get you to understand what it is that he's saying. Okay, shukran. So I'll try the so first much. thing that you said somehow up for him, please. Okay. Now, Naima, here's a question via the SMS line. I'm not sure whether you'll be able to assist in this regard. It's an SMS from 5128. It says, uh, I have a grommet in for eight years now. If water goes in my ear, it starts to bleed and I cannot hear. What must I do? Shukran. Wassalam. 
Um, most likely that grommet has fallen out already. Mm. It's very unlikely that the grommet is still in after mm-hmm. eight years. Um, and if there's any kind of bleeding, I would say go to an ENT for a checkup. Definitely needed. Okay, shukran Zazilan for that. Uh, okay. Now, Yasira, we have got a few minutes left uh, in terms of which to take our discussion further. Um, maybe from your side? From my side, it's, it's nice that the people, you know, the listeners are taking heed and they're calling in. Um, I think over, you know, numerous shows, it's unprecedented saying that how important language is and what we yes. need to do. And I think what parents, um, you know, sometimes don't understand is that, you know, try little things at home, like read at your mm-hmm. small little book or show the pictures, etc. Mm-hmm. and so on. And that would obviously conversely work with your home program that Definitely. you will be giving. But I mean, at some point, there needs to be a start point for these children around what language is because I can tell you there are numerous children who we think aren't communicating but they are and our gestures and what they do and the facial expressions the hand gestures they're all telling you a story and as parents we can use that story and then start to sound the words that go with them so if they're pulling a funny face you as a parent will say not what's that funny face how do you feel? Are you angry? Are you confused? They start to associate words with the face and the gestures that they are making and saying. So, you know, I don't know why you are making gestures to me, but, but I can tell you now, are you happy? That's very <laughs> but good that's modeling, yes, you know, very, that's what we will call modeling yeah. behavior. And we model behavior on how our parents interact with us and what we hear them saying or how they make use of it. And shukran for the word, Naima. It's very important because Naima is going to have 45 minutes. She's going to tell you all these wonderful mm. things to do. But ultimately, it's up to the mm. parents to... Take that home program and make it part of the child's program at home and, and language would then develop from there. Yeah, right? I think she said, you know, you give parents homework as yeah. well. Yes, yes, I do. Definitely. <laughs> and I think something that the parents need to remember is that it doesn't have to be work. They need to make it fun. A child's job is to play and mm-hmm. they can bring language in during that play. So it doesn't have to be an extra thing in the day that they have to do. I mean, most of us don't have the time, time. to do something extra. Um, but they must just, language is all the time. I mean, we talk and communicate all the time. They just need to know how to channel it so that it's beneficial for the child. Mm-hmm. And what if a child in Afrikaans, they say, I pray is that also maybe a, a, a problem or is it just? It could be just weak mus- uh, muscles Muscular. around the mouth. Okay, so if you have um, weak muscles around the mouth, then you, then you, you have a tendency to speak that way. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, I was just thinking about that. Now, now also, you know, I said, you know, let's, the earlier, and you agree, well, you would, I'm not sure whether you agree with me, but the earlier then a, a problem, a speech and language problem is identified, mm. uh, the better it is, you know, to get the child to a speech and language therapist. Is there any age, for example, at which a language and speech therapy would, very, would be of very little assistance or help to a child? It would depend on the problem. Like we see children from birth up until adults. Okay, because so I know that Yasira, I know for example, Yasira, you've got different types of occupational therapists. Mm-hmm. You only see from yes. a particular age up until let's say 11 or 8 or 9. Yeah, because... Yes, okay. because we, we, we ped specialists, so we pay mm-hmm. pediatric specialists, and that's what we focus on. So you'll see the moment a caller gives um, you know, a scenario where the learner is older than 10 years 
eight months, we would then refer to a different kind of occupational therapist or an educational psychologist. Okay, but when you speak of speech and language therapy, you're saying to me it goes right through. So, I mean, I could even also then go for speech and language therapy. Yes, yes, if it's warranted, yes. Okay. Just because you don't have clear speech. I think that's one of the common misconceptions. A speech and language therapist isn't a speech and drama teacher and we don't teach elocution. My technician is not just saying to me that that there is a suggestion (laughs) from Naima that I then go for speech and language therapy. I think so, Ridwan. And I think it's got more to do with the processing and hearing. And, you know, you are quite articulate, but, you know, are you processing the information now? I hope Zerina is not listening to the program. <laughs> okay, now you can continue. I'm not saying a word anymore. <laughs> so yes, depending on what the difficulty is, um, like we see stroke patients, if it mm-hmm. is a speech therapist that mm. works with adults, mm-hmm. um, then they, if someone has had a stroke, has aphasia because of the stroke, then, then they'd be seen mm. by a speech and language therapist. Um, speech and language therapists can also see newborns if they have feeding difficulties, if mm-hmm. that's their speciality. So it's just like OT, where different OTs specialize in different things. A speech and language therapist will also usually have their special niche. Okay, but there's normally an assessment, obviously, Definitely. that takes place uh, before you actually uh, develop a particular plan uh, for the, the, the patient or for the learner, whoever, in terms of trying to assist that particular child. Definitely. You have to do a very detailed case history mm-hmm. and then you do your standardized assessment, some informal assessments mm-hmm. um so yes it has to gui- be guided well naima all i can say is it certainly has been an interesting uh, program and having you on the air with us i will certainly take so you up on the offer of uh, speech and language therapy <laughs> just to remind our listeners that we are going to have naima back in studio with us next week inshallah uh, just mm-hmm. after the walk of maghrib but in the meantime if you would like to make contact with her you can give her a call on the number zero eight three two triple four triple two studio. shukran once again for your time and look forward so to having, having you me. back in studio next week and we're going to have both you and doctor in studio so shukran once again and i bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh on that note we're gonna go for a quick ad break and when we come back we'll continue with the program called education in daba here on the voice of the cape it-